Hey guys, welcome back. Episode two. So uh if you've if you've made it this far, you are officially our most loyal listeners. So congratulations you. Um and I'm joined again with um my, my partner and, and family member, brother in law, Scott Eanes. He's uh you're somewhere exotic this week. Tell him tell him where you're at. So I am actually a sea turtle biologist when I'm not trying to run a property management company. And I'm in the beautiful island of Cariacou, which is in the Grenadines north of Grenada. And we are examining the population abundance and density of critically endangered Caribbean hawksbill sea turtles. Nice. Nice little plug there. Did you you actually give them the name of the... The charity or the foundation, so they can. Oh, uh, you know, I up. didn't. So, go on. The charity is called the Hawksbill Project. Nice, and that is the charity I started. Again, it is a species-specific Hawksbill project, and uh, I like it. Yeah. Well, look, that's. I think you know, if you are into turtles, um, I well, you know, not you. I'm, talk, I'm not yeah, going to say. Look at you talking. We're well, yeah, talking yeah. to no one because no one listens to this anyway. But yeah, well, if, I'm, I'm going to give you the stats in a minute, so don't jump the gun. But uh, no, I th- yeah, 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 that's coming. So um, yeah, I think if you're interested in tools, look them up. You know, and you've got some spare yeah. cash. Um, well, do it. And, and, and do you want do you want to know some 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 very interesting things that we're seeing already? Look, this Go is on. very quick. So first of all, we spent uh, this was day seven in the water, and um, what is interesting that we've seen in day seven one. We have not seen a single new turtle, as in a little turtle. So turtles flood out in the ocean. If you're a tourist, you're listening to this. They crawl into the ocean, look like about the size of a chicken nugget. They swim around for a few years. When they're about the size of a dinner plate, they come to a place like Karakou. We have not seen a single one of those. That's not a good sign. It means the island isn't recruiting new turtles. This is like if your if your favorite sports team just let all the players get old and never brought in anybody new. You need to have new players come in from time to time. That's troubling. Next, we haven't seen a single turtle be caught last year. That's troubling. But if you want the good news, we've caught more turtles this year in seven days than we did 10 days last year. And we have caught turtles from, check this, uh, Trinidad and Tobago and Barbados. So that means turtles that are more than likely nesting on Trinidad or nesting on Barbados. Once they're done nesting, they are either traveling through, but they come through Karakou, they come through Grenada, and we have scooped them up. So some really cool cross-international borders conservation yeah. needs to occur. And they all, go, sound like, they all sound like rubbish places to have to go and visit yeah, as well to catch ter- turtles. T- terrible. Rubbish. It's awful. Um, I also like that uh, – a couple of analogies I like that. I like the sports analogy with the recruiting yep. players. That was good. Yep. I also like that you used two – food-based analogies when describing the size of turtles is anything should we read into that uh, you use chicken nuggets <laughs> and then a dinner plate i just i don't know if it's dinner time for you there if you're hungry or well funny enough that might actually first of all that was an, that was an unplanned beautiful segue to the what could be the old like the major issue here is that they still hunt and eat them here wow. so if you're so if you're sitting there and you're like well why don't we see any of these turtles that it's because they probably end up in a pot is nice. the reality. So there okay. you go. Well, there you go. That's, you know, I mean, we started off tr- trying to talk about uh, rent to rent property investing, but we've, we've done at least five minutes yeah, there on, on tell. So that's good. That's, know, little, that's bonus oh. material for everyone. You, you weren't expecting that. No. Right. Okay. So let me give you the stats because I think you'll, 
you'll like this. And that's, you yeah. know, when I when I opened with, you know, if you if you're listening to this, well, I'll, I'll add I'll add an extra layer to that. If you're listening to this and you listen to episode one, yeah, you are literally our. If if you're listening to the words coming out of my mouth now, you are our most valued listener because we've got five. We've got five total listeners. How do you five feel total listeners. Yeah. <laughs> now wait. Now okay. uh, the reason I take now you're probably thinking, oh, why has he said that? It's really embarrassing. They've only got five yeah. listeners. It's because this is part of our our core ethics, our morality. Okay, we're going to give you the honest line. I'm never going. I'm not going to lie to you about our listeners. I'm not going to. I'm not going to inflate our numbers. Okay, we've got five dedicated listeners. When I say five, that's you know obviously the the, the clarity the fidelity on the numbers is difficult i mean i think three of those are probably me um so let's say we got two yeah yeah so it's probably worse than that but uh, either way you got to start somewhere okay this is only episode two i'm I'm confident episode two we're going to get at least the same five uh even if i have to artificially go in there and download it myself so anyway by the by we digress the point is we're off to a flyer mate so um this episode is going to be even better obviously the first one was just an intro and other than sea turtles today, I just want to confront one of the big issues, not issues, one of the big things, words, sound bites that people like to use, uh, particularly in this sub niche of property investment. Any, any guesses? I mean, if you're guessing, it's obviously passive income it is passive income. OK, so. A lot of people use the term, um, they call this a passive income model. And I just thought we could spend a little bit of time, a couple of minutes, just to you know, dig into what we think that means. And then we can kind of answer the question, in our opinion, our experience, whether this is, can be, or you know, is it not a passive income model? So you up for that? Absolutely. My thoughts yeah. are, uh, are many. Okay. Well, let's start with what do you, what is... When you hear someone say passive income, what do you what does that mean to you? What do you think that means? Ooh, what I think that means to me, or what I think that means to somebody else. I mean, that's what do you think it means things. to what I think what you think it means to all right. Let's start with what it means to you. If I said to you, you want to earn some passive income, mate, what do you think that means? What is what jumps into your head? Passive income means to me that I'm obviously got some kind of side hustle that does not require a ton of energy. Yeah. And then, okay. and then, and then with that, obviously, I think there's, there is a, a level of degree that when someone says that it means it can be lucrative in itself. So the, the, the big pro is that traditionally in order to generate money, we trade time, right? So people trade their time, whether that's working a nine to five, whether that's self-employed and they're, you know, a tradesman, tradeswoman, whatever, Traditionally speaking, you trade your time and it's a direct correlation between how much time you trade, what it is you're trading your time for and how much money you can make, right? So I think that's why for me, passive income, like you said, side hustle, the opportunity to be still trading your time for money and your primary active income and then have this model in the background that's making you money while you sleep, right? That's, That's what I think anyway. And it sounds like you're kind of on a similar, you know, you're in your head, similar kind of picture. What's interesting is that we both, we both, um, well, certainly you did. And I, I, I also feel that passive income is not completely passive, right? You, you alluded to the fact that you've got to put a little bit of energy in, you know, maybe not, you know, a full-time hustle, but the, the interpretation is that there's still a little bit of energy. And I think that's the first one that I think sometimes people get a little bit carried away with is they assume you get this thing set up, 
zero energy whatsoever. Thoughts on that? I think that's how it's sold. Yeah. I think there's a I think there's a very large market of individuals who are who are basically and I don't it's it's very difficult if they're fudging the truth, blurring the edges, just straight up lying, but what they're saying is you can make a lot of money doing this and you don't have to do anything. And that's that is one of the most dangerous things you can hear from somebody because as you and I know, that is just that is just not the truth. Now, now you can you can structure it, and I hope that's kind of where this conversation is going. You can structure it so that there, it, your you can grade the level of of effort versus reward. But to, to believe that it's completely passive and the reward is enormous is just not true. Yeah, I think you've actually highlighted the biggest key bit for me. There is that it's the you can have it. You can have it absolutely passive. You know, we we did. We started. We were. You know, pretty much completely passive, other than the the energy that we kind of, you know, put into initially get it going. But we, but the crucial bit there is the the relationship between um, the amount of energy and the amount of money, right? So, I think if you want to be completely passive, you want to be a hands off model, and you literally pass the keys. And if, if <laughs> I'm not using that to advertise past the keys, but they're a great company. I'm sure you could use past the keys, right? If you're going to have a hands-off turnkey investment, uh, you can do it completely passively. Of course you can. But the crucial thing, like you mentioned there, is that you, you're not going to make the, you know, potentially life-changing amounts of money or the not going to make the same return on investment that you might if you're putting more energy in. Do you think that's a fair statement? I think that's a fair statement. I also think it's it's again the, there's a certain level of, of of there's some nuance to this, right? It's it, it you can make more money, and it's not necessarily um, how much work you put in. You need to know what you're getting into before you do it to assist with how much money you will make. If that makes sense, yeah. right? So, for example, if you go in and you go. I'm working with this management company and they're charging me 10 to 12%. Okay, what am I getting for 10 to 12%? What 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 am I not getting for? And then, because at least in our area in Bath, right, we're up at around somewhere from 17 to 25%. And then, of course, the hopefully the more the greater percentage you're giving away, the more you're getting for that percentage. So yeah. This is one of these things, again, it's really about before you step into it, because again, I think everyone thinks they're going to be a millionaire when they do this. Just know what you're getting into. Yeah, I think that's part of the that's part of the sell, like you say, and that's part of the reason for this podcast, right, is to try and not, you know, we're not here to bust myths necessarily, but just to give you a little bit more of an honest insight as to, you know, what what passive looks like in this case, right? So um, you touched on a good point there. I just want to bring it out a little bit more um is is knowing exactly what that that management model looks like and because lots of people will want to use a management company and i don't think that's a i don't think that's a bad thing if anything i would i would almost go as far as to recommend it for your first maybe three to five units because i think it's a really good way of getting your foot in the door when you maybe don't have as much time uh you know work's busy family's busy whatever you've got a little bit of money to invest build a bit of a portfolio and then perhaps find out where your strengths and weaknesses are in terms of management and taking maybe wrestling back some more of that control, which to be fair is not entirely different to how we started. You know, we, we start with a managed company who, who we won't, won't name, not because 
that I, I think they did a bad job, but because I, I don't want to give them free marketing, but the, um, uh, especially without their permission, but they, they basically offered us a fairly low percentage management model. I think we paid them 12%. Uh, That's correct. Off the top of my head. And that was sold as a turnkey solution. Um, I think it's fair to say that's certainly what I was anticipating. I think, you know, would you disagree with that? Were you expecting a, a fairly, expecting a turnkey solution? I was expecting a turnkey solution, yes. Yeah. And what we got was actually much more hands-on, certainly for you than for me, because I was about 250 miles away. But, um, you know, well, you you tell us, what, how much work were you having to do during that management contract period versus how much you were doing in order to ensure the guests had a good experience? So looking back now in terms of how much work we had to do, or I guess you know what it is? Really, that question can be answered in terms of what the management company did. So for 12%, they basically spat, splashed it on what I think was just two booking channels. And I don't know, you, you might be able to say if there were more, but my feeling was is that we were on Airbnb and we were on booking.com. They collected all the bookings, so when the booking came in, it showed up on their software that allowed them to view and us to view who was coming in and when. They cleaned it, and for which they obviously took out the rubbish, completely changed the linens. It was it was a, a good service, but looking back as well, is that they took they collected the entire cleaning fee, which is one of these things where I don't know if you had this saved for a future conversation, but cleaning fees is an area you can really look to to make money in the margins um and so this company took all of the cleaning fee so and then after that they did guest communications which looking back was important but it was also a, a bit of a just a relay system so if the guests had an issue they would call the 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 guest communications through this through this managed company the managed company would then con contact us outside of that 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 was their 12% so anything else, any maintenance issues, any complaints, um, you know, any 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 exterior issues with the house, parking, they basically did, you know, that's what they did for 12%. Yeah. And so, and this really goes with, because I think this is what we're trying to tell you is if if I was if I was getting into bed with another management company, and if you're going to get into bed with another management company, when they tell you a percentage, you need to know exactly to a T, almost in some ludicrous scenarios in terms of what is that figure getting me entirely. Yeah. What happens when maintenance? What happens when parking? What happens when parking tickets? What happens when anything and everything? What happens when a guest wants to stay late? A guest wants to stay early? A guest breaks something? You need to know what you're getting for the percentage you're giving them the the marketing um the management company yeah no i think that's fairly comprehensive and i think you know i think that is reflected in the 12 percent. and i think the big ones that you picked up on there that i'll just echo are the communication piece so really knuckling down obviously they received all the messages but then the crucial bit for me is the action thereafter so like you say guest gets locked out you know what's the if this then that do you know what I mean? And, yep. um, you know, this is something we spent a lot of time on recently with our communications team is working out, you know, some really sensible automations and connections between um, our communication team and whoever's going to solve the problem. Because ultimately it doesn't want to be me and it doesn't want to be you if we can avoid it. So, and this is something where we, we've definitely gone wrong uh, or not gone wrong. So where we definitely learn quite quickly, I think is when you're in the machine, 
you do everything and everything because you are the guy they call and you are the guy to solve it, right? So um, I think, like you say, as long as you understand what that what they are doing um, and what they're not doing, crucially, then you can you can put those systems in place. And for us, you know, I'd like to think that our power team is now pretty good and we'll, we'll go through our power team in a later episode. But, you know, having the fact that our comms team can pick up a message and they can speak directly to the point that's going to solve it. So whether that's the maintenance team, whether that's the the cleaning team, whether it's, you know, if it's a linen issue, like speaking to the linen team. So having that network where actually we can observe everything and, and interject when required, but equally we don't have to because I know that the team have got it, you know, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Understanding what you get, what you're getting and, and crucially what you're not getting. Cause I think that's, that's where we, we got, you know, educated shall we say because like you say it was a, if a guest got locked out or something broke you know you were getting a phone call and you had to go and fix it ultimately so and i think that's the big difference is between a company that's local and a company that's remote and i think we were using a company that was national so they had offices based in i, I won't say where because it might give it away but they had lots of cities where they worked or they had properties but they didn't have much of a geographical footprint outside the cleaning team so whereas as a management company, in terms of the properties we manage, you know, we're very conscious now of of operating outside of our sphere of influence and outside of, you know, the reach of my power team, because if something goes wrong, we know we can't reach in and fix it. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And uh, it's looking back now, you, I don't want to say, look, we, we did what we did. We can't undo it. And we had to learn from it. But that is something that I hope, right? I think this is the point of this podcast is so that other people can learn from our mistakes because uh, looking back, I don't know if I would have done it the same way. And going forward, we are making decisions based off of those past mistakes and, and trying to, and, and again, I think the beauty too of what we do, and this is obviously like, oh, how, look at us, how good we are. But I think we're also good to try things so you and I have tried things and gone, okay, we did this, that, then we did, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so we, we're constantly refreshing and trying to, to get better and perfect that system or get it to at least to where it works as good as it can. Yeah. Um, and so if some, the point of that is if something doesn't work, if it's not working, time to structure it differently so that it can give yourself an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, that's been our our um, our dev- <laughs> our ad hoc development plan has been very much test and adjust. You know, but you know, we are where we are, and I think we're in a good place now. But I just want to touch um, briefly as well on you know because some people have probably listened to what we've been talking about there and and what's involved in terms of perhaps stuff that they didn't think was going to be involved if they were considering managing themselves and might find it a little bit daunting. I think you know, like I said earlier, I would. I would potentially recommend using a, a good management company of which there are many out there. And, and crucially, I would recommend one that is uh, central to your locality. So um, there are lots of good independents, for example, that's probably where I'd start, but there are some good franchises out there as well. I already mentioned Parser Keys. We might as well mention them again. And I know that they have, you know, they are, they aren't just centered, you know, in a fancy office in London, they do have, it's a franchise model. So they've got operators in the area. So, you know, they can fully manage your property for you. Um, and I think, but you shouldn't be afraid to 
to go after it yourself, you know, in terms of the management and don't necessarily think that that, you know, I know we've said, uh, talked about what passive income is to us. And I think you can still have a self-managed rent to rent portfolio that is relatively passive. Would you agree with that? Yes, but you need to, and what we've learned, right, is you need to put systems in place. Um, and maybe we're saving this for another another podcast, another 20 minutes or so. But, uh, you know, as I've had, I think, more direct contact with the front line than you have, mm-hmm. finding a good cleaner is the understatement of, of, of a lifetime in this business. Finding a, a good cleaner, you cannot underestimate. In, in not only just providing a, a clean environment for your guests to arrive in, but also they are going to more than likely, actually not more than likely, they will be in that property twice a week, three times a week. They are going to see that property more than you are. You, they need to be able to communicate. So yeah. that's kind of one of those things where, again, how you structure it is enormous, finding the right people, trusting the right people, and then also maybe save for a letter podcast, but pulling the plug when that when, when it it is evident that you need to make a change is an enormously valuable tool. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's two podcasts for me there that jump out. One is there's a whole podcast on cleaning because I think that is literally the biggest part of this whole industry. Um, And the second is tech stack, you know, and, and like you said, systems. So how do we, you know, we have again, we've, and still, you know, even in the last three months have made, fairly significant changes in terms of our tech infrastructure and how we systemize and automate our business. So um, definitely getting your systems is is in places huge and, you know, having a good tech stack is going to help you do that in terms of automations, um, you know, PMS, um, channel managers, et cetera. Uh, and we can definitely go, th- I think that's a whole, that might even be two episodes that the tech stack, because there's so much, so much detail in terms of, you know, what systems, we use what we've systems we've used in the past, what's good, what's bad, you know, what's going to help you, what's going to make your life loads easier. And there's, and there's tons of good stuff out there. So, um, so yeah, I think that's kind of probably a pretty decent overview just to kind of summarize and, and uh, I'll pass it over to you, Scott, in a second to tell me if you, you, you disagree wildly, but ultimately I believe this model for us, bearing in mind, we do this full time. So in terms of when I say full time, it is our sole employment. I know you're chasing turtles, but that is very much a you know a passion project. Um, we we operate this model what I would describe as semi passively. Uh, I'm not going to put a number of hours on that because I think that's uh, be difficult. Some weeks it's more than others, but the crucial thing for us is the majority of our energy now because our systems are in place and our team are good is growth, right? And I think that's a really important distinction because if you are uh, actively trying to grow your portfolio then and develop your business and yes you are always going to have to put time in that is never going to be a passive activity but in terms of each individual property um i think we are semi-passive and i think that that is in line share because of the power team we've built and the systems we have in place which i think if i this isn't a sales pitch, but if I if I could, if I could look at take a snapshot of, of what we've got now, roll back three and a half years and do it again, I think we'd be in a in a very very different place. But you know that's all part of the journey. So you know, in a nutshell, yeah, semi passive I think is a better description, and that's self managed, 
I think you can go fully passive, but you're going to make, you know, you're not going to make the same money that as advertised and or you're going to end up doing a load of the work yourself anyway. So there you go. That's that's my opinion on the passive versus semi-passive description of this of this model. What do you reckon? And that's completely accurate. That is completely accurate. It, it is totally dependent upon you in terms of how much energy you want to put in and put out of it. Obviously, hopefully, if you put more into it, you actually make more money. And and so it's funny. Is what you know what I would do is you talk about rolling back three and a half years, because this is what I would do is knowing what I know now, and this is what I hope you do is we we kind of I don't want to say we winged it. We basically went, we want to do this and we just did it, which I'm a fan of because that's part of how I do things. You can be an overthinker and never do anything. At the same time, if we had, I think if we had sat down and I don't want to say listen to us three and a half years in the future, but we could know to go, we need good cleaners. We know that there are margins to be made in the cleans. We know that taking, like, for example, taking and collecting bookings, not that difficult. And so there's so many little things that you don't know that if, if we knew before we started, I think would have made it more passive. Yeah. And ultimately more profitable because it wouldn't have costed us so much time. So um, yeah, we've paid for every lesson we've learned. And I think you're right. Oh yeah. I think, um, you know, we, we could have spent far less money and, and had some training and then got, you know, much more efficient more quickly, but you know, either way, the end, the end results the same. Uh, I think we've just spent, more money and time getting here than perhaps we should, but there you go. But um, look, I think we've, we've waffled on quite a long time there. I'm just going to end yep. by saying uh, thank you for listening. If you've li- and if you've listened twice as well, a, a massive thank you. Uh, Cause that's amazing. Um, do send us, we're not, you know, cause again, we're kind of doers, right. Rather than super planny people, you know, this is up now. We haven't quite got the infrastructure in place for you to, you know, um, comment, leave us loads of messages or we haven't got the website set up properly, but do send us an email info at cleanbreakproperties.com if you've got any questions or you want us to talk about something on the pod if you're one of those three maybe two people that's listening and um and also take a look at our website uh cleanbreakproperties.com and you know take a look at what we're doing take a look at our properties give you an idea of what we've got going on and the last thing i do want to announce as well which i'm very excited about although it is a while off um we are venturing into the networking space as well so uh, we are running our our first live networking evening this is and you know obviously I, I imagine out of those three people some of you are listening from you know across the world but listen if you're in the bath bristol area come by or send us an email or take a look at our website and sign up to come to our networking event on the 7th of march in the world heritage city of bath um and come have a chat with us talk some talk some uh, sharp about short-term rentals and and everything because we've actually got secured very excited about this mark simpson from uh boostly is going to come down and uh and spend some time talking to us about direct bookings as well so and there's uh there's another subject for a future pod i think direct bookings what do you think about that absolutely huge hugely important the money's so- in the margins so there you go. Um, that's networking 7th of March. Take a look at the website. Do send us an email. Thank you very much for listening. And I'm not going to tell you what the next pod's going to be about because we haven't decided yet. So we'll see you next time.